Well, Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you've had a good start to the New Year so far, and they had a good time of the New Year's Eve. I was in bed by, like, I don't know, just after 12, watching Netflix. It was great, great start to the year. It was a great way to set the tone for the New Year. Have you guys uh, set your goals, your resolutions for this coming year? Me and Katie have set ours. Uh, we spent some time in Daniel Sun the other day uh, looking at our goals, looking at what we want to achieve this year over the next five years or so. What have you guys set as goals over this year or the next five years or whatever it might be? I wonder, maybe you want to get fitter or you want to get healthier, you want to go to that gym and actually go to the gym this time around. Uh, maybe you want to diet and stick to that diet. Maybe you want to get that promotion uh, you want to be looking for for a long time and this is the year. Maybe this is the year you want to buy a property. Maybe you want to do that big trip around Australia, whatever it might be. What is your New Year's resolution? Do you have a goal in mind? Do you have something that you want to achieve this year? I wonder how many of you have thought about the desire, the goal, the resolution to grow in humility. No, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, that's right. Not many people do, right? Not the one, it's kind of a boring one, it's the one that's focused on other people, not really like, you know, how I can self-improve and self-develop myself and what's better for me myself. Uh, we, we don't often think about that kind of thing, growing in humility, seeking to become more humble as our goal uh, for a New, a New Year's resolution. But funnily enough, in the scriptures, we see that Jesus looks at humility as one of the most important factors for what it means to belong as one of God's people. It's one of the things that God highly values that we can see from that little passage in Luke chapter 14. And um, we, we often miss it, though. You see, Jesus is traveling from... Uh, from Galilee all the way down to Jerusalem. He's heading towards Jerusalem, and when he gets to Jerusalem, that's where he will die. He knows that's his destination. He knows that's where he's heading. And As he heads along the road towards Jerusalem, he teaches his disciples and us, as we read, what it means to follow him, what it means to belong and be part of God's people. And the way Luke structures the narrative is to kind of say, this is the way of Jesus, and the way that's not like Jesus is the way of the Pharisees. He pretty much kind of puts Jesus up against the Pharisees and says, this is the way you must follow in. The Pharisees are the way in which you don't follow in. And so what we have here in Luke 14 is that Jesus is at a dinner party with the prominent Pharisee, and he's hanging out with them, and he sees a massive, massive issue. A simple, ordinary dinner party that highlights something that they have completely missed, that God values deeply and immensely. And that's the thing. That these religious leaders, the irony is that, that they should have gotten it. They should have seen it, what the problem was, their lack of humility. They are the God's shepherds, are the ones who lead God's people. They should know the way of God. They should know what God uh, calls and demands of his people. But here we have a story, an example, constantly in Luke's gospel, where they fail to measure up. Their way becomes bankrupt. Their way shows and reveals itself to not be the way that God intends them to live. And here Jesus will show how simple, ordinary dinner party just reveals that, their lack of humility. So, we begin in verse 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. So Jesus is at this house 
with the Pharisees, he kind of stands back a bit and you can see them all kind of scrambling in for the best place. They're all kind of competing, saying, I should sit next to the host because I'm the one who has this kind of honor. I have this kind of position. I know this kind of thing. And he's kind of looking back and going, they're all kind of scrambling, fighting for these positions and they're all ridiculous in doing so. And so he begins to tell this parable in verse 8. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. You see, Jewish culture was hierarchical. That is, people had positions of honor and status that was very much operating in that kind of way. And this kind of honor was kind of expressed through social situations like at a dinner party. And so people wanted to be close to the host. Now, dinner parties back in Jewish culture in the first century was you you sat at a u-shaped table the host sat at the middle of the table and they were there for the most honored person in that place and people who sat next to them were the next honored people they're the ones who had high esteem so if you were up there next to the host you were pretty highly regarded amongst your peers and amongst the people there but if you sat towards the bottom of the u you weren't really that highly regarded. You weren't really someone who was well-known or well-thought of in the culture and society at large. And people didn't want to be seated on the bottom of the U. You didn't want to be seen as someone who did not have that much significance or honor in your life. And so therefore, that's why they're all scrambling and looking, wanting to get the best seat next to the host because that would say something about them, their character, their personality, their position, their power, their honor. But Jesus is saying here, don't do that because what might happen is that you might actually get told to go somewhere else. You might be told to go down to the bottom of you because you'll be recognized for not being worthy of that honor. We see in verse uh, 9 towards the bottom there, uh, give this person your seat, says the host, and humiliated, you have to take the least important place. That literally... It says you have to begin with shame. So what's pictured here is this walk of shame as the person kind of gets up from their position of honor and they have to begin this slow walk back to the back or to the bottom of the year and everyone, all eyes are kind of watching them as they, he is known or she is known as someone who tried to take on a position of honor and glory and significance but wasn't deemed worthy of it. What is Jesus kind of doing here? Is he just kind of giving us table manners to kind of live by? It kind of makes sense. Humble yourself. Be good. Don't think too highly of yourself. But it's a bit more than that. <clears throat> what Jesus is doing here is exposing how the heart's desire for honor, for significance, can be undermined and corrupted by an inflated view of one's self. We can, what he's showing here in this kind of story is as people... Sin has such a way of corrupting our hearts that we tend to think better of ourselves than we actually are. We tend to think we are more deserving, we have more, we're more privileged, we ought to have more rights or entitled to things than we actually really are. And this comes from an inflated view of ourselves. And the results are that we end up playing this kind of comparison game. We end up thinking, well, I deserve this place of honor next to this person because I'm better than this person. I have this title. I earn this much money. I'm this good at what I do. 
And so we end up playing this comparison game. We see it in our culture everywhere we go. We, we end up playing the comparison game with our neighbors, with our friends, in our community. We look at our neighbors who own a new car and think, what they do they deserve that? Surely I deserve better. The holidays our friends might go on thinking, how can you afford that? Surely I deserve to go on that kind of holiday as well. We play this kind of comparison game. We kind of look what they have, what they do, and we kind of compete and think, well, where do I sit here exactly? If I had the latest outfit or the latest car, the good house, the extension on the house, whatever it might be, what does that communicate about me? Do we feel good and do we feel honored? We see that kind of thing in our culture, in our society. And this all comes from an inflated view of ourselves. These things kind of contribute to giving us an inflated view of ourselves. But we also see this problem in the kind of opposite kind of way as well. I'm sure most of you are pretty aware of the whole idea of the tall poppy syndrome in our culture, in Australian culture, where we like to cut down tall poppies. That is, people in positions of power, in influence, in leadership, we like to cut them down because they've risen too high. So we actually are kind of cutting them down because we think they are too proud or in too high or held high of honor, honor. And we kind of look at them, we kind of critique them for their, the way they handle particular issues, the way they particular handle particular crises, whatever it might be. But we cut them down ultimately because the problem is that we have an inflated view of ourselves. We think that we can do better. We think that we know how to handle that issue better than they do. It's the opposite way of handling it, but the exact same problem at the heart. We think we have, we're better, and we're prone to thinking that way, and this tends to give us an inflated view of ourselves. And that's the issue that Jesus has seen in the Pharisees here. They think of themselves as way better than they actually are. They think their way between them and God is all sorted and good, when really it's not. And Jesus is saying, you've got to realize this. Don't miss this. You're not as good. You're not as deserving as you think you are. And so what's the solution here? Jesus says, instead of seeking to claim the highest seat, we should go to the lowest seat place. See this in verse 10. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Now why does Jesus say this exactly? Because honor and recognition is something that is not received. Sorry, it's not something that we take, it's something that we receive something that's given to us, not something that we can earn ourselves by our own kind of taking of it ourselves, by our own going to the highest place and seeing that seat, whether or not we're deemed worthy or not. It's something that's given to us. It's something that we receive. And that's what he's saying here. Now, he's not saying, trying to trick us and think, actually, you know what, if you just go to the lowest place, the trick is that you'll get raised up pretty quickly after that. It's not like a quick, quick scheme to become honorable. No, the reason why he is going, saying to us, go low, go to the lowest place is because he wants us to have a posture where we we recognize that we don't always have the correct view of ourselves. He wants to have a posture where we recognize that sometimes we have a tendency to think of ourselves much more highly than we ought to be. And by going low, we are choosing to recognize that. We are choosing to acknowledge that. And that is the heart of humility. The heart of humility is not putting on a sackcloth and saying, well, it's me and, and trying to be treated like the bottom of the pit. No, 
the heart of humility is being able to recognize that sometimes we actually think better of ourselves than we actually are and being honest in that kind of way. Dick Lucas, a famous English preacher, once, he was a very forthright preacher, used to say how it is pretty strongly and sternly. And one lady one time came up to him after the service and said, you are the most arrogant man I have ever met in my entire life to say the things that you say. And Dick Lucas replied, she said, he said, Madam, you're absolutely right, and you don't know the half of it. That's, in my mind, humility. To kind of acknowledge that, yeah, arrogance is an issue. And here's the thing, I know my own heart more and better than you do. And I just want to say for myself, even as a preacher, I get it. As someone who you're looking at right now, 29-year-old, preaching to you all here, trying to tell you like what the Bible says and how you should live from it, I get it, it's going to sound pretty arrogant, isn't it? And I almost want to say the same thing, you don't know the half of it. I want to have a posture of humility and to go, you know what? Let's be real here. We have a tendency to think better of ourselves than we actually are. And Jesus is saying, don't miss that. Go low. Acknowledge it. But here's the thing as well. Jesus says go low because that's exactly what he does. The word here that we see in the reading is um, take the lowest place. But the actual original language actually uses the word go, literally, go. And that word is peruamai. And the exact same word in, in Luke 13 is seen in verse 33, where Jesus is talking about himself. He says in verse 33, I must press on. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. But that press on is also the word peruamai, go. Jesus is kind of demonstrating to himself, to them, what they what he will do himself. He will go to the very lowest place. He will go all the way to the cross, to death on the cross itself, humbling himself, becoming obedient to death on the cross. And so he's saying, I want you to follow my example. You see, the way of the Pharisees is to try and climb for honor, to receive honor, to grab it for themselves. But the way of Jesus, the way that I'm walking in, is to go to the lowest place. I'm doing it because I'm doing it for you. And Jesus says, follow in my way. Because that's where you'll be lifted up. We know how the rest of Philippians 2 ends, that God raised him up and gave him a name above any other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. It's God who lifts up the humble. It's God who gives us grace and honor not ourselves. You see, humility is so highly valued amongst God's people because it ultimately recognizes what we can't do, which God can do. And that is, he says, he saves us. Only God can save us from our sin. And it took God in human flesh to come down to, to do just that. Humility recognizes that God is the one who can save us and not ourselves. That all good things come from God. Everything that we have, a root over our heads, 
a job, a car, our health. All good things come from God, from those small insignificant things to the very big things in life as well, salvation itself. When we walk in the way of the Pharisees and begin to have an inflated view of ourselves, that's when we tend to think that actually all good things are, the, are my doing and my bringing. And when we compare ourselves to other people and the culture around us and the world around us, we attribute what they have to themselves, whether they've done it fairly or not, and go, what do I need to do to match up to that? But the way of Jesus, the way of humility, and the way of grace says that all things come from God, all good things come from Him. And so when we are tempted, feel threatened to, to compare ourselves to other people, we, instead of being caught in that pitting ourselves against each other, we are able to celebrate what God's done in their life. They might attribute it what they've done to what they to themselves but we ought to be able to kind of recognize the God who is sovereign over their life and has given them good things and when we are those who walk in humility when we are those who can see that we might have a tendency to have an inflated view of ourselves and therefore choose to go low we will be able to celebrate those wins they have the thing is this dinner party ordinary life can reveal what we think and feel about the most fundamental things that God values. This is a, a crucial thing, and the, this whole problem of not being humble, of being a lack of humility, gets exposed, gets expressed at a simple dinner party. Who would have thought that the way the Pharisees becomes entirely bankrupt at a dinner party? And so if you want to ask yourself, if you want to reflect on whether or not you are someone who is growing in humility, you are someone who is seeking to be humble, ask yourself, reflect on, how do I treat my family at the dinner table? How do I treat the barista, the waitress, when they come and give me a coffee? How do I treat the person, the checkout person at Coles or Woolies? How do I treat these people who I interact with on a daily basis way in daily life because how you treat them will expose whether or not you are someone who's growing humility or you're someone who is giving in to the self-inflated view of yourself jesus says don't miss it don't miss it go low just recognize that that's actually your tendency is to have that view of yourself and go low and be gracious in the way you treat other people in so doing, you will be able to recognize constantly of your need for his grace as well. And not just only yours, but everyone else's around you also. So in 2020, will you grow in humility? Will that be your goal as you seek to love one another, treat each other well, and, and be humble towards each other? Recognizing our tendency is to have an inflated view of ourselves, is to think that we are more deserving than we actually are. And to have a posture where we kind of look at other people and go, I know what I'm like, and I want to be gracious and kind instead. Because God in Jesus Christ was gracious and kind instead of being someone who would punish us. We are to walk likewise. Let me pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are gracious and you are kind. We thank you, Lord, that despite the fact that we can't always see that we have such an inflated view of ourselves, that we do have a tendency towards selfishness and arrogance, Lord, we thank you that you are still gracious and you still want us to to experience your mercy and that you're willing to forgive. We pray, Lord, that we would go low, that we would reject the way of this world to take out our own honor, but rather we recognize there is only one who gives it, only one from whom we can receive it, and that is you. We pray, Lord, that we would be a people full of mercy and grace, those who constantly are growing in humility, knowing that we are loved dearly by you. We pray this in your Son's precious name. Amen.